0: Hello, and welcome to the Church Newtown Square podcast. If we can serve you in any way, or if you'd like to learn more about our church family or the Acts 29 network, please visit us at churchnsq.org. That's C H V R C H N S Q.org. And now, let's listen in to today's teaching the Psalms and the Psalms this summer are a way for us to see how it is both a song book and a hymn book, a prayer book and one in which we are able to see the common uh, problems in life. Uh, John Calvin said that the Psalms are an anatomy of all the parts of the soul. A guy named Trimper Longman said that the Psalms are the place where God meets men and women in a special way. I've been encouraged, by the way, not only in my own study, but in some of you saying that it has been that way for you, that there is an intentional study of these psalms that provokes us to see God and connect with God in a way that is common to human experiences and also in a way that is intimate, which is what the psalms are. They're an intimate prayer book that the church can use to sing and to pray. The main point of Psalm 32 is seen in its structure, and here's the structure. When you look at a psalm, Hebrew poetry can actually point to the central point of what the psalmist is trying to say. Uh, he does that by writing in a, in a pattern that shows you, hey, where is the center of the psalm? And literally, in Hebrew, it's structured in a way in which you say, oh, if you are able to read Hebrew, which I don't think many of us are, you'd be like, oh, this is the center of the psalm. But thankfully, there's scholars, there's theologians that do the work for you. And here's the work that's been done for us. The structure of the psalm looks like this, where it extends from the the outward to the inward. It is the front end and the back end. The focus is on the blessing of forgiveness. And then at the end, it is to rejoice in forgiveness. Then there are two experiences that David says, here's what my experience is in the fact that at the center of everything, The joy that comes is from the promise of wisdom, which is what? The instruction of the Lord. The Psalms, starting with Psalm 1 and 2, remember, is what? The instruction of the Lord. The king who listens to the instruction of the Lord will have great prosperity and will find great joy. Psalm 32 is the beginning of what will now begin a pattern. If you read Psalm 32 all the way to 41, you'll be like, this is kind of a dark section of the Psalms. And it is movement towards lament because it is cataloged in such a way that Israel would read these Psalms and be like, The king of Israel trusted in the Lord, and though he was lamenting the circumstances of his, uh, of his sorrow and of his pain, uh, the Lord came through. And in Psalm 41, you'll see that there's hope for Israel. And as Israel's reading this in exile, they are reading these, and you're seeing the the promise that God says, if you will listen to me, there will be great joy. And that's the main point of Psalm 32. It is this. The promise of joy for life can be found and is found by listening to the instruction of the Lord. The structure that I just showed you basically says that joy front end back end is a direct result of God's instruction and God's instruction is what will result in joy and David said that there is a question what makes God happy for the Muslim what makes God happy for the for, for the for the religious the ones who think that there's a set of rules what makes God happy if I do this 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 and this what makes God happy is God who is perfectly good and what does this God love to do? He loves to forgive. That's what joy, that's what joy is saying, uh, David. Uh, it says that joy is in the forgiveness of God. And so the last point, the final point in this psalm, the only point that I'm going to point us to is this, that God delights. It's actually point number four. I'm, I'm skipping through points one through three. That the good news starts with the bad news that we are broken and there is sorrow and there is a, a heaviness and a weight to not declaring that God is good and saying that we need him as a savior. We need him. The Muslim needs him. The Hindu needs him. Your neighbor needs him because there is a burden that is carried that we know that we are, have all fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And David says that when I kept it in, my bones became brittle. I groaned all day long. But then when I acknowledged my sin, the burden was lifted. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden with laws and sin and burden, and I will give you rest because I'm going to take that off your shoulder, Jesus says, and I'm going to give you the confidence that God has forgiven you. That's what David felt. David felt the confidence that his sin had been lifted from him. And therefore, in verse 6, he says, confess your sins quickly to the Lord. It's not that he doesn't know it, it doesn't that, that he doesn't see it. It's that when you say to him, you are right In your judgment of my sin, I am broken. I did what is wrong. I can't hide it. It is yours. Then the Lord finds joy in forgiveness. God delights in his forgiveness of sin. He finds joy. In verse 10 and 11, it says, many pains come to the wicked. Many pains come to the wicked. Many pains come to those who decide to walk their own way. They, they do things without God. This is what the king of Israel was to do, was to, to be in the instruction of, of the Lord. And the Lord said, if you will walk with me, and all of Israel will walk with me, Christian, if you will walk with me, if you will not walk alone, if you will not walk thinking that you can do your own Uh, thing, that you can handle life on your own, if you will just walk with me, I promise that when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil, for my rod and my staff, they are with you. I will guide you, I will lead you, I will forsake you, I will comfort you, I will forgive you, I will be there with you, and when you feel that I'm not there, I'm not distant, I'm there all the time, and if you need a friend, then there are friends who listen to the instructions of the Lord, and they will be with you as well. Christian, do not walk alone, David says. Walk in the instruction of the Lord, because the one who is wicked, the one who does it on their own, the one who is self-empowered, the one that says, I'm my own God, he says, that one will have many pains. That you will carry a burden, you will have anxiety, you'll get ulcers, you'll get pimples, you'll go bald. That's not in the scripture, I just came up with that. For, for many of us are righteous and are bald, <laughs> There is a heaviness to, 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 to carrying what we know is not right. It's not right before God. God is a good God, and He glories in Himself, and He glories in Himself because He is worthy of glory. And what He says is, to be like me is impossible, but I love to give mercy and forgiveness. And we as a culture have decided that rather than confess our sins to God, saying that this is right and this is wrong, we try to make it normal. We try to say that sin is normal, that sin is good. And what we do is we decide the only way to shed the burden of this is to, to make man at the center and to eliminate God. And we have come to a point where we say, well, there is no God, and there is if He did love us, then he would enjoy and love us for who we are. And so we embrace our wickedness and we, we carry that burden. Then we see what is the result of saying that sin is good and that goodness is sin and that we carry that burden and we experience many pains. And David says, and God says, if you will listen to me, I will instruct you in the way that you should go. The one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love. In your translations, you should, in front of you, have another word. It would say mercy my mercy will be with you faithful love will not only be with you it will surround you that word there surround is that you're in a jello dish you're like i often wonder actually i've seen this happen uh if you know look it up mark rober made a pool of jello did has anybody seen that video on youtube where they make an entire pool of jello now just tell me that as an adult you want to jump, don't you want to just see what it feels like to jump into a pool like a life-size pool of jello? Has anybody wanted to do that? Or is that just me? I see that hand back there. Yeah. Oh, you were just you were just stretching. You're you're yawning. Mike's like this. He's like, he's like me. I'm like, he's excited about that. But it turns out he's just going, oh. Huh. That surroundedness is that there is no place where you're not surrounded by God's mercy. And that is what it is like for the one who trusts in the Lord, who has faithful love surrounding him. And so therefore, verse 11, what is the point that David is trying to say? Is that you will be glad in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord because the Lord is the one who gives you forgiveness. Rejoice. Have joy, righteous ones. Shout for joy, all of you who are upright in heart. Why? Because God delights in in giving forgiveness he finds joy when the muslim who has strapped a bomb onto him and has considered taking the lives of others but has seen jesus has seen the light when he hears what david shares when he hears what churches proclaim about the goodness of jesus christ that god is not begrudgingly giving them forgiveness what he's doing is saying i have been waiting for you to bend the knee and i will delight in the forgiveness and joy of christ my son I have paid your debt so that I might enjoy you feeling the burden lifted. What kind of God do we serve that doesn't just rub our face? We, we may or may not, we may or may not get a puppy. And puppies poop on floors. And when puppies poop on floors, what, does, what, what do we do to the puppy so that it doesn't poop on our floor? Does anybody have a puppy? Cats don't do this. They're neat and tidy from the very beginning, right? What do puppies do? What do? How do you teach an animal? He even says, "Don't be like a horse or a mule that has to be dragged to where you need to go." You take a you take a dog and you show it what it's done, and then you say, "Don't do this here. Do this in your brother's room." No, just kidding. Do this outside. God does not do that. That's the way that some of you think that would you think that God. Some some of our friends don't come into a church because we think that we're going to tell them, look at what you've done. Look at what you've done. Repent. It's not the way that God does it. God says, can you see the mess of your life? This is kind of what it smells like. Come over here. He doesn't put our face in it. He, He says, I love you. Will you see how much I've paid so that you might be with me? God is not a God that delights in wickedness. He's not a God that delights in condemnation. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the joy that David points us to in Psalm 32 is the joy of having our sins forgiven. It's funny, in that first part, that sin, those are two different words, transgression, a line that you cross, and the wickedness of something we willfully do. Blessed is the man who not only is forgiven of that, which... By the way, it is not someone who is wrongfully accused and then kind of let off. It's actually rightfully, justly accused. You are a sinner. It's not like, whoo, like I was wrongfully accused and God saw that I was good and let me off. No, it's, it's the one who is justly accused, guilty, and yet shown mercy. And not only have they been acquitted, but the other word there is that one whose sins are covered, you have sinned, but what God does is he, you know, some of you have asked the question, what does it mean for God to forget our sins? God forgets our sins. What that means is, that, is he just doesn't look at it again. It's not that he doesn't know that I have committed adultery or that, I, that I've sinned or that I've wronged my neighbor. It's what he says, I know that. He's the all-knowing God. He knows that. But he says, but we're not going to talk about that ever again. But God, what about I said we're not talking about that ever again? Yeah, but didn't you see I said we're not talking about that ever again? It's covered. It's, it's done. You've been, you, can't be, you can't be accused of that crime anymore. But don't you know? Yes, I know. I know what you've done. I thought we said we're not talking about that anymore. As far as the east is from the west, so far, so far are our sins removed from us, meaning that it's a non-issue anymore. It's covered. It's done. It's finished. Now walk in the joy in the forgiveness of God who has forgiven you, both forgiven you and forgotten your sin because he's given us his son who for the joy set before him endured the cross so that we might be forgiven. That's the joy of a Christian. Can I get an amen? Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the work that you have done in us and through us. And God, I pray that if if the gospel is not clear, the good news, that's what the good news of the gospel is, is the good news of forgiveness. Sin forgiven, sin covered. But it is covered by the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It was only paid by one man. And it was our King who loved us and gave himself up for us so that we might experience the joy of being reconciled to our creator god we do pray that you would do that in us that you would give us a joy that we would walk in that joy lord i I pray that you would give us the joy of sharing the good news with those who do not yet experience that joy god i pray that we would work and endeavor to make sure that those who are in darkness would see a great light and that we would proclaim the good news of a god who loves to forgive we pray this in Christ's name and for his sake, amen. We're going to prepare ourselves for communion, so we're going to sing. Ricky's going to come up and he's going to lead us through that time of, of the Lord's Supper. Uh, I would encourage you to reflect on what David has shared and, and give thanks to God that we are living in a nation where we can gather like this without fear. And so, one, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, it would, it would do good for you to give thanks to him for the freedom that we enjoy, that the mercy that he has given if you're visiting with us this morning and you're wrestling with whether or not to believe this good news, whether it's really true, we'd encourage you to think upon this and know that there's, it's not—it's for real. It's not, it's not a dream. It is true, and that's what makes it good. It sounds too good to be true. It's true. The sermon you've just listened to is a presentation of Church Newtown Square. To find out more about our church, check out churchnsq.org. That's chvrchnsq.org. You are welcome to copy and distribute this sermon to others as long as you do not do it for commercial purposes or alter, transform, or build upon this talk in any way.